0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Hey there and welcome. I think it's going to be a disjointed hour. I can just feel it because my head is bouncing from place to place and it it feels like a lot of uh yeah disjointed thoughts and and uh and sort of not quite fully baked thoughts, but geez, you wouldn't wanna be inside my head right now, I'm telling you it's like uh crazy bill the one thing I was thinking is this time last year this pretty much this date last year, or this week, let's <laughs> do see what I mean this week last
0: year uh the first week in March was our last normal week
1: okay. generally speaking, I think it was the last week that we were all living our lives
0: blissfully ignorant about what was about to happen to us all. Now, I can remember
1: pretty clearly, I actually pulled out my little calendar from uh, a year ago, and uh, I was not in Pittsburgh that first week in March, I was, um, I was visiting my mother in uh, Palm Springs where she and Susan had dispatched themselves to get out of the, the winter. Um, And I had gone to visit and that's when stuff really started happening. So I was glued to news about this bug coming. And I, (laughs) with a friend, ran out to a drugstore and we tried to get, trying to remember what we were looking for. We were looking for, yes, all kinds of hand sanitizers. And I believe we looked for masks and
0: um, other stuff. And it was all gone. We couldn't find a thing. And went to another one and
1: it was all gone. So it was already, there's already a run on um, certain items uh, occurring as people feared we were heading into something unimaginable.
0: And, um, at the end of the week, uh,
1: my friend and I flew back to Pittsburgh and we were very nervous about getting on the plane. Again, this was before masks. This I mean if you were sm- I was embarrassed that I wanted a mask. I thought I'll wear one. I don't care. We got on uh the plane and nobody was masked. We were we had uh like Lysol or something in a that we brought along, and we were wiping down our seats and wiping everything that we could find here there, and you know we were aware already that there was something dangerous, but stunned by the fact that when we flew from Palm Springs to I think Phoenix and the Phoenix airport, nobody, no was wearing a mask. And we were already, I mean, we were surprised by that. Uh, nobody. I thought for sure we would see people taking precautions, and we did not. When I kissed my mom goodbye at the airport, I remember holding her tighter than normal
0: and fearing that I might not see her again. And in fact, I have not seen her since
1: it is the longest period in my already long life that I that I have not seen my mom. And because she is so old, it is particularly, you know, unsettling So I, by the way, intend to see my mom next month, and I am going to drive. Me and the dog are going to make that long drive across the interminable state of Ohio into Indiana, around Lake Michigan, and up through Milwaukee and to Green Bay. It's a long, long, long drive, but my mom is on the other end.
0: And I want to hug her again real tight. But it's been a year, guys. It's been a year. And of course, well, I don't want to
1: get in. I don't want to get into the idiots who think it's over. And by by their thinking it's over and by the... the uh, <clears throat> The extraordinary cynical incompetence of governors uh, in Texas and Mississippi, and I'm sure more to come, of, uh, of not being able to hang on for just a few more weeks, maybe, or even a month. It's like somebody who sees the, we're at the, we've made it to the destination, and they... Well, it's like, isn't it? It's like spiking the ball on the two-yard line or something. I don't know what, I'm trying to think, sportsmen, it's it's absurd. And what they could do, of course, with their ignorance and arrogance, is uh, prolong this, give the virus even more chance to figure out how to get some more of us
0: how to mutate here and there. I just don't get it. Oh well.
1: Here's something else I don't get. There are so many things I don't get, and I get I guess this is why I'm in this
0: kind of a state today. I don't we were all so happy,
1: right, that um Biden won the White House and And we won both houses of Congress, kinda. So what I wanna know is, has Joe Biden been sent a bill yet to sign? Um, as, As president of the United States, has Joe Biden inked
0: his signature on a bill? and made a law, unless I was not paying attention, I don't think so.
1: So what's the good of having this president if he's not able to sign bills? What's the good of having this Democratic
0: Congress if they can't pass anything? I'm just asking. And unless the Democrats get a whole lot
1: more aggressive, I think, um, we're going to lose the House in uh, in two years, less than two years. That's my guess. I don't understand what we're doing. And I don't understand why people are turning cartwheels. We passed this wonderful Voting uh, Rights Act. We passed this great stimulus package. Yeah, the House passed it. And now what? Don't you get the impression that Mitch McConnell's still the head of the Senate? (laughs) I don't know. And it's just frustrating as hell uh, to me. Here's something else I don't understand. I already talked about it. I'll try to not spend too much time ranting. It has to do with Dr. Seuss's book, (laughs) McElligot's Pool.
0: My favorite.
1: Well, I've got so many favorites. Um, It's one of the ones that's been
0: uh, condemned. I've read
1: it now twice. I've shown what I think might be the potential offenses in the book to two people i encountered yesterday both of whom happened to be gay by the way and i think the problem is a gay thing i showed them both of them didn't think so they said that's not gay well maybe but i mean that's not what i would have thought i said i know well do you think it could be these eskimo fish i show them the eskimo fish What's wrong with the Eskimo fish? I said, well, their their eyes look a little different, or maybe it's even calling them an Eskimo instead of a native. What the hell? I said, I don't know. And I've gone through it again just this morning. <laughs> Will somebody please tell me? All the stories I've read talk about uh, other of the books, Nobody mentions, other than its title as one of the damned, um, and nobody says what it is that is wrong
0: with it. And here, I'm looking at it with the eyes of a woke liberal woman living in 2021. I'm looking with those eyes, okay? And I am not offended by anything in the book. You know, I've never been fond of uh, of this hypersensitivity on the left. I'm
1: not fond of it for many reasons, but I'm especially not fond of it now because it
0: is a constant gift to those who I think will
1: destroy our democracy if given enough time and power. I just don't understand the ultra-sensitivity that people live with now. Sometimes, you know, when you're talking to somebody, you can see them pause a lot. They're afraid
0: that they're going to say something, you know, that they're not supposed to. I don't want to live in that world. And I have said over and over and over and
1: over again. I am as recalcitrant when told that I cannot say something, I am as recalcitrant in my response to that if it comes from the right or if it comes from the left, it doesn't matter. I have an innate more than dislike. I just get my back up if someone tries to tell me what I can and cannot say. And I am speaking as somebody who is cursed, I think, with extreme empathy. So that I never want to offend people. I don't. I go out of my way
0: not to. And I have learned to
1: alter my speech in certain ways that make perfect sense to me. But this idea that people are supposed to turn on a dime. And if they don't, they're to be shamed. And I, I, I you know what? I can't, I hate it. I hate this trigger, happy, woke culture. I really do. And I, and I am on its side if we're doing this bifurcation we're always doing.
0: I hate it. So when the
1: guys on Fox News and the Republicans go wild with this stuff,
0: I understand. I understand what a gift it is to them. Because
1: it comes with all of that sense of moral
0: superiority that our side traffics in. And it's unbecoming. It's really unbecoming. I don't know where. Where is there
1: a place where people of good intent, who, where is there a place for them? Where is a place for for mistakes to be made now? Where is a place, where is that area where people once found to have erred, to have hurt someone? Where is the place now where they're able to see it, acknowledge it, and uh, yeah, move on? Because now what we do to people is we label them, we crush them, and we toss them out. And again, I don't care if that kind of, I will not call it cancel culture, but if that kind of, to me, it just feels jackbooted.
0: I don't like anyone trying to control me, I guess is what it amounts to. And it makes our side. Uh, not
1: particularly likable. It makes us people who scare people, who people are uncomfortable talking to, lest they say something
0: incorrect. I don't know. I'm no fan of the whole woke thing, even though there's many aspects
1: of it, which I find wonderful commendable and maybe you have to go overboard to get something to stick but it creates
0: a backlash
1: nicholas kristoff who i consider also an incredibly empathetic human being a good man um has a piece today that uh that resonated with me because it's about how do we stop this constant bifurcation, this us V them, this, you know, you're either with me or against me. You make one, you look, you know, you raise an eyebrow at a wrong point and you're dead. I, I just, I can't live like that. He talks about a book. Uh, that he has read uh, by a psychologist, which which is called Think Again. And the book
0: is about how we all fall into a trap of a
1: kind of intellectual hubris or political hubris, the sense
0: that we know what is correct, right? I mean, I come on this
1: show and talk with incredible certainty and rage, rage against those who don't agree. But in this book, apparently, the psychologist suggests that when smart people, and I'm going to put myself in that category, forgive me, Forgive the lack of humility. When smart people mix their brains with a kind of passion, things can go awry. And there's studies to prove it. How, for instance, math, mathematical wizards uh, being tested on, uh, you know, data doing this, you know, just, they, they put them through tests. And, man, they, you know, ace it, ace, 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 ace. Then they're put in a situation where it's an issue on which they feel strongly. And guess what? All of a sudden, they're not so smart. Because the psychologist who wrote the book says
0: passion
1: always
0: swamps intellect. Passion, and we are all very passionate now, which makes me feel that maybe uh, we're not at our rational best. Um, Christoph points out
1: that studies further show, and this will come as no surprise to the women
0: in the audience,
1: that. American men <laughs> are particularly vulnerable to this kind of intellectual arrogance. I remember the study that is referenced here. There was a study of, uh, of teenagers all around the world, and they were asked to uh, rate their expertise, their mastery of 16
0: different areas of math. And you won't be surprised to hear that Americans,
1: the American males, gave themselves just extraordinarily high marks And it wasn't just American males, it was disproportionately affluent American males, the most
0: privileged of the privileged who just think they're God's gift. And here's the
1: funny part of it three of the 16 areas of math that they gave themselves off the charts marks on
0: don't even exist. They were made up. Subjunctive scaling was one of them.
1: American affluent males see subjunctive scaling and they say, oh man, I am so good at subjective
0: scaling. Stand back. Nicholas Kristof, when writing this says
1: parenthetically, I sense women and oversea readers of this column are nodding sagely to themselves at this point. <laughs> but he goes on to say, look, let's be let's be clear. Those on the left, those on the right, damn it that we're even talking in those black and white terms those on the left and those on the right right are I, I, we're all in a state of high dudgeon because we do and we know we do now see the world just totally differently and i have said that i think the world they see is one they've made up
0: and by and large in you know that's provable but Our side makes big mistakes. We don't win
1: converts. As a matter of fact, we sent people running. We have Donald Trump to
0: thank for getting the White House back more than Joe Biden. We have Donald Trump to thank
1: because he turned enough people off. Guess what we have a knack for turning people off for shooting ourselves in the foot too, and I've often talked about our absurd lack of knowing how to create a narrative or coin a bumper sticker phrase, so Christoph points out after me too uh, he says progressives embraced
0: the the Slogan, believe women. Well, I remember recoiling at that
1: myself. What does that mean? I mean, I understand what it means. I understand what it means. But if the suggestion is is that women don't lie or women never lie so that every woman Who says this happened is telling the truth which is absurd
0: I understand don't get me wrong where it's coming from and and the context of it
1: but I was talking yesterday about how women who would say that now believe women
0: didn't believe the women who were going after Bill Clinton. They pick and choose. We pick and choose.
1: There was a story a few weeks ago in the New York Times about something that happened at Smith College. Um, A white janitor there was fired because of the accusation of a black student. A black woman student had accused the janitor of racism.
0: Believe women, he loses his
1: job. Only after he loses his job do they do an investigation and find that there is absolutely no basis or this accusation, that the woman was lying, okay? The world is complicated, as Christoph says, and what I say all the time. It is complicated. And the knee-jerk responses of so many people who have their, you know, woke little uh, Bibles with them, they know they know how to react to absolutely everything. They've been
0: well schooled and are attempting to school the rest of us. Kristoff says, We need to, you know,
1: get a handle on this. Because if Democrats want Joe Biden to sign some bills, if we want to get things done. We need to continue to win over undecided voters, middle ground people in swing states. And he says there is evidence that our constant preaching, condescending preaching from our moral high ground, alienates those very middle moderate voters that we need. And he says it's quite clear that Joe Biden gets this
0: more than many members of his party. As Christoph put it puts it, Biden gets that every time Democrats brandish their
1: wokeness and wag fingers or call people bigots, all they do is create more Republicans. They don't change anybody's mind
0: why is the the biggest force on the other side owning us getting our goats it must be so much fun for them cuz we're so easy hair trigger sensitivities
1: and again for me who is at heart an empath to be making fun of this, suggest to me, in all my intellectual arrogance, that it has gone way too far,
0: and it is not helpful to our side. It is hurting us. I wish people, and it ain't ever going to happen, would get more comfortable with complexity. Because that's the way of the world.
1: It ain't black and white, left and right. It
0: is not. It almost never is. All right. Let me get to your emails here and see what was what. Huh? Oh, okay. That's not anything I want.
1: Um, Aaron says, do you remember when you found that weird box of survival items called the Ark?
0: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: I'll never forget you telling that story back at the beginning of the pandemic. It really made me chuckle. Such an odd name and content. What was in that thing? I do remember there was a mask. It was a high quality like gas mask of some sort. Um, And everything else in there was something that is long gone. There was food, right? There was some kind of, it was for, yeah,
0: it was like a prepper
1: uh, kit. Oh God, yeah, I threw it out. Milton writes, is it not possible that the Seuss Foundation and the publisher are taking advantage of the current uproar to simply (laughs) cease publication of the least popular
0: titles? (laughs) Well, that may be, but they don't have to keep publishing them, right? I mean,
1: the one I've got here is, I wish the dust jacket were not ripped. This is from watching Antiques Roadshow. Because it really looks like a first uh, generation, it, and it's 1947. Um, but Mill says I'm betting that a few that a few of the six books actually contained offensive imagery, but some simply aren't as popular as they've been in the past. So the publisher lumped them in with the offensive titles. Well, yeah. well, how could they think? How? It's my favorite. <laughs> This is why I'm always like an outlier. McAllen gets pool, look it up.
0: Tell me what's
1: wrong with it. Makes me nuts. And there is no doubt that if you look up Dr. Seuss racist imagery, you're going to find a ton of it. And it all is
0: from the 30s and 40s, pretty much, right? Right? Um. And oh God, what was I? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was like a brain,
1: uh, a brain glitch. I was wanting to say something else, and it
0: escaped. Whatever. Lynn writes, I was
1: watching Morning Joe, and they were gassing on about. Oh, I got speaking of gas. I have to tell you this. Ah, so when I went to the surgeon on Monday, uh, you know, they took an x-ray to see how the flying buttresses and and stuff in my back were holding up. And uh, it is an amazing thing. It really is. looks astonishing what's stuck inside me now. Um, and I'm looking at the general image and, you know, looking at my, I see a rib, I see uh I see my vertebrae and then I see these sort of like dark sort of blotches all, they're all over the place toward the bottom and I I said to the doctor,
0: I said, "What, what are those? And the answer was gas.
1: And I said, are you kidding me? I mean, I didn't feel particularly gastric at the time. But he says that's your lower intestine, and this is your, you know, your, this is your small intestine, your large intestine, or whatever they're called, and and those are pockets of of gas inside them. So I'm sorry, I it, it 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 really freaked me out. It's a wonder that I didn't uh, float out of the doctor's office. I am not kidding you. Anyway, back to Lynn. I was watching Morning Joe, and they were gassing on about the national debt. It's $27 trillion. Ah, who gives a damn? It's $27 trillion, I think. Well, when we have Republicans in office, the debt always goes sky high, despite what the general conventional wisdom is, right? Uh, back to Lynn. We can't keep spending all this money we don't have, they said. The massive interest payments on and on and on. I have an idea, Lynn says. We can collect some taxes. Excuse me for screaming in your ear, but I I, I so agree with this. (laughs) We can collect some taxes from the gazillionaires
0: who sashay around on our dime.
1: Have you heard anything about a bill to address that? Well, that bill maybe would pass the House, but certainly it ain't going anywhere in Mitch McConnell's Senate or Donald
0: Trump's Senate or the QAnon Senate. I don't know. You tell me. Josh writes Hi, I have a sister that used to be a Democrat
1: and listened to your show on the radio. She ended up becoming a Trump voter. Is that because of me? Oh my God. She ended up becoming a Trump voter. How could somebody who listened to me become a Trump in 2016 and 2020? Oh, my God. Leading up to that for a few years, she was getting really upset about so-called political correctness, et cetera. Okay. I think living in Florida for a decade may have contributed to that as well. But it seems to me that she was pushed away by the moral superiority that you're speaking of. Now she laughs at us when we get upset. We are the butt of their jokes and giving them ammo and sending them voters. I absolutely, I don't think there's any doubt of that. You don't make any friends condescending to people, talking down to them. And I hear it in myself on occasion. And I hear it certainly in, well, our conversation.
0: Uh,
1: I don't know. Hey, I didn't mention, I mean, speaking of, I said the date. It was like it's been a year since we pretty much began our long, strange trip uh, through the pandemic. But it's March 4th. Which as you know is a date that some of those people that I still think we can totally look down our noses at, which would be QAnon adherence. Uh they the reason there's like heightened security, even more so on Capitol Hill today, is that today's the day, if you're a QAnon believer, that Donald Trump is is going to be restored to the presidency and be able to
0: renew his crusade against the enemies of America like you now uh, I don't have my you know I
1: don't have CNN on but I'm, I'm sure my Twitter will light up if in fact this occurs I just wanted to uh, point that out. How can people be so, so gullible and malleable? Hey, so yesterday we were ragging on UPMC and uh, even the Post-Gazette editorial board was uh, jumping all over them. Guess what comes into my into my email box in the afternoon? <laughs> a very carefully and quickly put together press release from UC, UPMC in which they say after a number of caveats and uh covering their behinds um that they are going to um set up a clinic. <laughs> They are going to actually give the vaccine to somebody who is not getting a paycheck from them. So uh, somebody there said, you know, we're starting here. And
0: as I said yesterday, rightfully, rightfully so. Okay, so oh, one of the friends I showed the book to yesterday It, it says, Mary,
1: thank you, she says, I was thinking about your Seuss book, and it occurred to me that the word Eskimo, well, that's one of them, and I thought, too, that the word Eskimo is now considered a slur by the Inuit people, so maybe that's the trouble. And then Mary says, I mean, couldn't they just
0: change the word?
1: Rather than trash the whole book, yeah. So you think it's Eskimo, and not the not the gay-looking fish. If that was it's either a woman or a gay man fish, or a a gay man. uh, It's a it's a cross-dressing gay. I don't. Who the hell knows? But okay. On further thought, and Mary's got a hell of a brain. She thinks it's the word Eskimo. Jeez, that's
0: ridiculous. Couldn't they just change the
1: word instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater? I mean, she says, Sue seems to be a thoughtful, reflective soul. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing he'd be okay with making changes. I'm guessing you're right. Oh, God. No, we just. Trash, burn.
0: We uh oh it's overreaction overreaction
1: in all of these areas. And I and I'm thinking that you know, by doing so you miss an opportunity you really miss an opportunity to pull some people into understanding what is causing
0: so many people to feel offense but jumping on people is
1: or smothering them in your self-righteous outrage it's not a real good
0: it's not a good look let's put it that way um so, the
1: New York Times reports how unfortunately a whole bunch of Americans and actually someone said this to me yesterday, I hope I don't get the Johnson and Johnson one vaccine um, and
0: this is it's not thinking clearly it's just not being I'll
1: give you David and heart.
0: The the fear that somehow
1: the J&J vaccine isn't as good stems from the, all the headlines, which say that it is 72% effective compared with 94 and 95 for Moderna and Pfizer.
0: Yeah, well, who the hell wouldn't want the 94 or 95? But here's why that is not the most important measure and
1: that is whether the vaccine you're given prevents you from becoming seriously ill from this virus, if that is the way you look at it, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is every bit as effective as the other two, because
0: all three work for nearly 100% of people. The headline
1: uh, numbers, that's 72%, is talking about the vaccine's ability to prevent
0: all infections from the coronavirus. But preventing all infections
1: is not really what anybody looking to stop this pandemic would be looking at. Because look, COVID is going to be around all over the world for a long time. It's circulating all over the world right now, just like a
0: lot of other coronaviruses, like the common cold, right? And even the flu. We
1: many of us get our flu shots every year, and then you might even get the flu, right? <laughs> But that's because those shots are always shots in the dark in many ways, because they're not sure which flu is going to be coming out every year. The trouble with this coronavirus is its lethality that it kills. It has killed 15 times as many Americans as died from the flu in an average flu season. So you know, remember initially when Trump was saying, it's like the flu. No, it's not.
0: It's 15 times deadlier. So what these vaccines do, J&J,
1: Johnson and Johnson, they, they turn this virus into something like a, a mild flu case, if you do still
0: get it, or, you know, like a common cold. In all the research trials that were done using all three,
1: not a single soul died, and in fact, none were hospitalized. So anyone who says, I'm not taking the Johnson and Johnson virus is really looking a gift horse in the
0: mouth, it's absurd. And Johnson and Johnson actually did its trial when a lot of these variants were already out and about. So it had a tougher testing than did the first two. And the fact that Johnson & Johnson is only one
1: shot might have something to do with it so that a booster later would
0: totally even the field. Who knows? The bottom line is is that a single Johnson & Johnson shot
1: or the two shots of Moderna or Pfizer are all going to do the same thing which is keep people out of the hospital, keep them from dying from this, it, none of them guarantee that you won't get a mild case. The number that you should care about, and this is where the media lets people down and causes this unnecessary concern. Um, one epidemiologist says the number that people need to care about is what are the chances I'm going to get this thing and get really sick or die? And the great answer, the unbelievable miraculous answer is, is that if you get any of the current
0: vaccines, there is essentially zero chance you are going to die, which is amazing. So if you hear people saying, oh, "I want the Johnson and Johnson," please tell them stop being scared. It's good. It's a good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always so.
1: There's a headline in the New York Times that makes me want to cancel my subscription. There's a lot of things in the New York Times that makes me want to cancel my subscription. There's such a sort of tepid, their, their reports are never, they're just sort of always sort of, yeah, they do a lot of both sides, a lot of, you know, not quite using the right word like in this headline. Black voters could bear brunt of GOP-led clampdown in Georgia? (laughs) Oh, you think so? Now, what kind of a stupid headline is that? Black voters could bear the brunt of the GOP's efforts to clamp down on non-existent voter fraud in Georgia?
0: Uh,
1: Hello, that is the purpose.
0: This is targeting black voters. It's what all of these efforts that Republicans are so masterful at because they're not masterful at governing. But they're better than their record uh you know suggests when it comes
1: to winning voters over. And one of the ways they do it is by keeping some voters away from the polls. And they go after black voters. So for a publication like the New York Times to say black voters could bear brunt of the GOP, I
0: mean, come on. That is one lousy, stupid headline. Just saying. Uh. Henry writes, "Lynn, my daughter, age
1: 26, and a teacher, raised this issue with me regarding Dr. Seuss. You need to understand that she is full of passion for her view. <laughs> well, actually, she's full of passion for everything, says Henry. And oh, the upshot is, he says, I defended Dr. Seuss, and now I'm a racist. Oh, jeez. Listen, you know, that's the other thing. I, like, when we're young, 26 is young. When we're young, we're always more certain than we should be. And I think less forgiving. I I only am thinking of myself. And I I wince sometimes when I think of how I spoke to my father um, on on issues of the day. And how I just discounted everything he
0: said and i told him what was what and how that sweet man didn't just wanna scream and he didn't very often
1: i well back to henry's daughter she then brought up the current kerfuffle with chris harrison from the bachelor's i don't even know this stuff she made me watch the interview that got him in trouble and cancelled And I didn't see any problem with what he said. Oh, Henry, what are we going to do with you? My daughter said, it's not what he said. It's what he didn't say. So Henry says, so now I'm a racist again. Then we got into a discussion, he says, about the latest Taylor Swift commotion. Again, I don't know. And that ended up with me being anti-woman. (laughs) Poor Henry. Someone hug Henry if you're fully vaccinated. Henry's final words in his own defense before he's drawn and quartered in the public square is, I am not a racist nor anti-woman. I raised two wonderful daughters. Issues are not always black and white, she seems to think. My point here is that please, please, everyone, take a breath. I called her a young whippersnapper. (laughs) Oh, well, that's, and and then I realized I really am a boomer. No, that's a whippersnapper is something that boomer's parents said. That's not really a boomerism. A whippersnapper, that was something my grandmother said. Look, when I was thinking uh, earlier this morning about uh, the wokeness and Dr. Seuss and all this stuff, and let's be clear, there are things that doctors there are there are pictures that Dr. Seuss drew that are absolutely, without a doubt, racist. On the other hand, somebody said, you know, well, look at this. This here's a here he's a drawing of someone who's asian, and look at look at the eyes are just a single
0: line
1: you know a diagonal slanted line, and that's supposed to be racist if you're drawing in in a very sort of simple cartoonish way, I mean what I'm sorry, <laughs> but there are the eyes of
0: a, many Asians
1: at most. I, I brought a slant, Jesus. Remember that Asian, what, rock group that called itself the slams? Didn't
0: that go to the Supreme Court or something? I don't know. I am just so effing sick of this. But the thing I was going to say before I interrupted myself
1: is a lot of this is generational. And young people are not willing to allow us older people who grew up in a different world are not able to give us even a second to, what, transform ourselves into a 26-year-old woke woman? who just has 26 years been in this environment. I mean, I, I must say
0: that I even, some of what they're on Cuomo about, you know, again, this
1: is because of my experience, my whole working life. I did not work in a woke period. I did not work, um, In a period in which there was even a term sexual harassment the the concept didn't exist so forgive me please you young guys if some of what I hear young women and young men screaming and squawking about like it's the worst crime ever someone putting a hand on your shoulder to me
0: Forgive me. It's it's laughable. Those of us, women to men, men to women. I stick my hands on people all the time.
1: And I have noticed a few occasions where I stuck my hand on a younger person and
0: I see them sort of wince as if I had attacked them. And all I meant was to connect. I don't want to live in their world. They
1: think they're making a better world. I don't want to live in a world in which I have to negotiate with somebody before I stick my hand on their shoulder or give them a little, you know, playful
0: punch or I I just can't. And I am not saying that
1: some of what the the kiss on the lips thing that Cuomo did back is obviously over the top. Sticking your hand on someone's back and it was her bare back because her dress bared her back. I and he put and he's a politician of
0: a certain age. They touch people all the time, as the president. God I hate this
1: world where everybody is tiptoeing around on eggshells lest they say the wrong thing, lest they touch somebody in an impulsive, just wanting to connect kind of a way. So the lines I draw and my generation
0: draws are not in the same place. Does that make me anti-woman? Does that
1: make me a racist? Does that make me uh, uh, pro-rape? What? I think having the bar so friggin' high ends up diminishing the real assaults. I was thinking, this is why I was so jumbled when we started this morning, Um, Because I was thinking back about uh, one of the radio stations I worked at, WPTT. In fact, I'll just name names. The owner of that station, and I'm I'm sure he's still with us,
0: um, was the most abusive boss I'd ever worked for. And it wasn't sexual. He would humiliate people in front of other people.
1: I was once made so unbearably uncomfortable as he ripped apart the engineer for some, I don't know what, some mistake, some offense, I don't know what. It was personal it was ugly it was designed to humiliate and i suppose to intimidate anybody
0: who was watching it's just it was classic classic and i'm thinking so
1: now a female employee who the boss puts his puts a hand on her shoulder inadvertently forgot for a second where he's living now she can raise holy hell and even cost the guy a job when a guy or even I, like, yeah no i think a guy like a poor engineer who is assaulted verbally assaulted and humiliated that doesn't rise
0: to a crime it doesn't what's the crime there is no crime of being a
1: bully and a boss. A boss who's a bully and humiliates people and rules by terror and intimidation. Now in a woke culture, to me, that should be every bit as egregious
0: as a boss's hand on your back. I think more. And so there's a kind of It just strikes me as lunacy of
1: something meaningful and good, the Me Too movement, powerful, meaningful, good. And it always somehow is taken too far by the folks incapable of knowing when you've won and when to stop and how not to harm the very the very
0: cause that you're fighting for by overreaching you know when you lose me
1: a woman who believe me i know what sexual harassment was i can't
0: even remember all the incidents of it i have suffered When I am somehow the enemy, then we got a problem. And when Henry is somehow an anti feminist racist, then there's
1: a problem with the self righteous young folks.
0: Their passion is trumping their own knowledge. and humanity. Well, dang it, I, time's up. I didn't
1: get into voting rights, which is what I really wanted to talk about. And I really wanted to talk about, geez, that uh, DC National Guard commander's testimony yesterday, which was mind blowing. And I didn't get around to it.
0: Cause I was, I told you, I was in a jumble. It just flat out jumble. All right. You couldn't say Inuit.
1: We didn't know what an Inuit was. He said Eskimo, and now I'm looking at a banned book. Shit. All right, guys, that's it for me. I'm done. I'll,
0: uh, I'll see you Monday, okay? Have a great, great three days.